Support for this podcast is provided by Willow, a video interviewing platform for scaling businesses. As the talent market evolves, you're probably thinking about how to build a more inclusive candidate experience that doesn't require long days on Zoom, Teams or Skype. Willow is a virtual interviewing platform where candidates can record responses on their own time using video, audio or text. And it's used by some of the fastest growing businesses like Coinbase, Hotjar and HelloFresh. Willow's flexible platform means candidates can truly be themselves and recruiters get a consistent, transparent process. It's also excellent for the candidate experience. 35% of candidates interview with Willow between the hours of 6pm and 6am. Willow also integrates seamlessly with over 5,000 business applications such as Workday, Workable, Lever, Greenhouse and Team Taylor. There's a free trial to try everything. And if you need more, Willow's tailored plans include features to help you expand your talent pool and streamline recruiting operations, all with 24-7 live support. Request a personalised demo today at willow.video. That's W-I-L-L-O dot video. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 504 of the Recruiting Future podcast. In 2013, I wrote a report on the future of asynchronous video interviewing. While a few employers were experimenting with it, there was widespread scepticism about its usefulness and longevity. Fast forward 10 years and we're literally living in a different world. Post-pandemic, video now sits at the centre of the working day for many of us and asynchronous video interviewing is most certainly here to stay. So how are candidate attitudes towards video evolving? What problems is video interviewing solving for employers? And how will things develop in the future? My guests this week are the perfect people to answer these questions and give us a deep dive into the market. Phil Strazula is founder of Select Software Reviews and Ewan Cameron is CEO at Willow. Keep listening for a mix of practical advice and informed insights about the future of video interviewing. Hi, Ewan. Hi, Phil. Welcome back to the podcast, both of you. Could we just start with you both introducing yourselves and telling us what you do? Maybe you and you can go first. Thanks for having us on again, Matt. It's nice to speak. Uh, so I am the CEO and co-founder of Willow. And Willow is an asynchronous video interviewing platform. We founded in January 2020 and over the past three years have um, successfully raised over $3 million. We just closed our most recent round there. And today we have over 10,000 paying users in 140 countries. Fantastic stuff. And Phil, could you do the same? Sure. Thanks for having me again. My name is Phil Strazula. I run a website called Select Software Reviews where HR and recruiting teams can research what tools to buy, anything from applicant tracking systems through artificial intelligence. Fantastic stuff. Now, I'm going to start by my first question I'm going to ask to you, Phil, because I think the development video interviewing, 
over the last few years has been has been really interesting and obviously you know quite phenomenal fueled by the fueled by the pandemic um how do you feel the category has developed and what have you seen happen since the pandemic yeah it's really cool actually like 12 years ago i was a venture capital analyst and i remember i spent like six months looking at video interview companies and back then like we were literally companies were like sending webcams to the candidates which is kind of hilarious and then you know everybody had webcams and we got comfortable on video and all this stuff and and now it's like very much a part of most, I would say, or, or, or many talent acquisition teams repertoires. During the pandemic, it exploded because we had to do it remotely, and I think that a lot of TA teams kind of came around to you know the, the folks that maybe hadn't thought about it too much were forced to think about it and realized like, hey, this is actually a really good candidate experience. It's great for us because we're servicing applicants that maybe would, would have passed on a resume, but. They have a presence. They have an interesting story. The resume is is extremely incomplete um, sort of artifact when we think about somebody's professional past and capabilities. So it, it, I think the big uh, story around the pandemic was just a more uh, pervasive utilization of this tool. I completely forgot about the company that used to mail webcams to people. Yeah, that's such a interesting kind of snapshot how far things have come in in a sort of a relatively short short period of time, I suppose. Ewan, tell us a little bit more about your kind of backstory, why you sort of founded a video interviewing company, and also perhaps how you've seen the the reaction of people sort of change towards it over time, particularly over the last sort of two years. Absolutely. So I, I remember the webcam mailing days as well. And if we cast back to 2014, that was that was when I uh, had my um, moment to experience video interviewing for the first time. Back in 2014, I'm hiring uh, candidates, salespeople, junior salespeople for a startup at the time. And I was getting all these CVs in or resumes in, and I was struggling to find the people that had the passion, the energy and the drive and the willingness to learn from the CVs, obviously. Um, so I started asking people for videos and uh, it was way back in 2014. I'm asking people to, to record a video of themselves speaking. Now we think about that now and we think, well, that's really easy. You just pick up your smartphone and you would just sw- switch the camera on and you would hit record. And that was really easy. Um, but back in 2014, it was a whole different ball game. You know, you had to connect your webcam. You had to like download some recording software. Um, you know, you had to figure out how to actually transfer the file because it was normally a big file if you wanted to send it. So it was really clunky. But I started asking people people to send me in videos and I said three minutes. So I said, can you send me a three minute video introducing yourself and why you would be perfect for this job? And it was it was kind of that moment when I started receiving these videos in from people that I realized that there was something in this concept. And it was uh, it was over the course of that year, so I'm hiring, you know, a number of salespeople over that year. Over the course of that year, that I'm receiving all these videos in. They're coming in in all shapes and formats as well. So you can imagine, like, you know, tiny little thumbnail videos that have been recorded on like the smartphones back in 2014. We had lots of sideways videos because they didn't know how to use their webcams properly. Um, we had lots of videos that just wouldn't open because they were they were attached to like Word documents and things. It was a real like. A real mess um but the videos that did come through that i could actually watch it was really eye-opening i um could immediately you know see that drive determination passion willing, willingness to learn 
that allowed me to really fast track from straight into final stage or even straight into offer sometimes, depending on what they were saying and, and um, what the team thought as well. I used to share the videos around the team and then we used to, you know, take them in and, and get them trained up. Uh, so that, that was way back then. I then, you know, did that for a number of years, just asking people to send in videos through, through email, nothing sophisticated about it. And then we got to like 2017, 2018, and I decided to have a go at making this video interview concept into, into a more robust system and, and a SaaS platform that people could actually use and candidates most importantly could use as well. Um, cause it was creating a bit of a bottleneck and asking for all these videos, as you would imagine. Um, so yeah, decided to create this, this platform in 2017, built it 2019 and then launched it 2020. I guess the, the, the evolution I've seen over the past two years in particular is just the, the willingness to record yourself on video. If I cast back to 2019, when I'm doing candidate interviews, I'm doing like, you know, a few hundred candidate interviews, just randomly, you know, asking candidates you know, all stages of the application process. Hey, if you were to do this on video, what would it look like? How would you feel? All that kind of stuff. Um, the biggest kind of pushback at the time, 2019 pre pandemic was, I, I don't know where these videos are going to go. I don't really like the idea of seeing myself on camera, let alone talking on camera and, and all the kind of all the objections that, that we obviously overcame over the past two years were coming up and, and again and again and again. Then obviously COVID came along and everyone switched to, to video calls literally overnight. Um, and it wasn't just it wasn't just a, a specific demographic or a specific age group either. It was the entire world switched to, to video calls. And that was really quite you know, mind blowing for for us as a, as a very tiny startup video interviewing platform to see that radical shift where our, our end users, our candidates, our end users were suddenly comfortable, you know, happy with the process, didn't have any questions anymore, didn't have any objections anymore, completely changed, completely changed. Do you think there's an expectation now amongst candidates that they just expect to do video? And if they didn't, that would be strange if you know they had to do all their interviews face to face or just on the telephone. Do you think the, there's an expectation now that that it should be video? Depends on the person. So if you've been, we, we've we've done a few studies on this. We we get really interesting insights from candidates. If we ask them a survey at the end of the interview, we do get a lot of responses. So it's uh, it's really interesting to see the if, if candidates have been through the traditional interview process and the traditional hiring process you know, pre-2019, a lot of them will still expect to have, you know, face-to-face meetings or or telephone calls. Um, but people that have come into the hiring process in the past three years, they don't really they don't really know anything else. So yeah, they're they're kind of they're kind of expecting video and video is the norm. And I think the what we'll see over obviously over the next few years is that more and more people will just be accepting video as the way. Um, I think that's really important as well because as as you know we speak about all the time in Willow here, the the ability to actually cast a wider net is, is obviously there when you start using video rather than inviting people into an office. You remove a lot of like, you know, transport, travel issues, geography issues, all that kind of stuff, time zone issues are all gone. So I think it's it's a good thing. Phil, just coming coming back to you, I suppose two questions in one really. What are the kind of problems that you are seeing employers solve by using video interviewing and also just in terms of i suppose the systems is there 
a case to have, you know, standalone systems like Willow and integrated systems? Are they integrated systems that do other things as well? What's the kind of view? What's the sort of the split? What do you think? Yeah, it's a great question. And actually, as, as you and started talking, I, I realized that this candidate experiencing is is a really important trend. When I was in business school in 2013, um, Sequoia, which is, you know, like the best venture capital firm in the world was recruiting on campus. And they had backed one of these video interview companies, one of the early ones, and they sent people a link as the first step in the process. And, and it was like, a scandal on campus, you know, it was like, Oh my, how dare they? Like, they don't even want to talk to me. And I think, well, one, you know, if you're, if you're recruiting for like executives or, or whatever, like, you know, you're, you're probably going to, you know, set up something more formal, but two, it just like shows how far this has come where now it's like just so standard. Anyway, sorry to, to your question. I think the, the main pain points are one around time. Uh, so, how do we effectively, you know, vet lots of candidates and how do we do it in a way that makes sure we're not missing people? And then two, uh, how do we also enhance the resume? Because when you look at a resume, there's, there's some stuff there, but like realistically, you know, there's been a lot of research that shows like it's not the best way to hire people. Um, certainly based on, you know, what, somebody chooses to write down as bullets and some people are great marketers and, and some people aren't. And so I, th- I think those are the two main problems. And so when I think about, you know, the value propositions, it's decreasing time and increasing quality of hire, which both of which are extremely important. Um, there's probably a time to fill uh, ROI in there as well, depending on how you're using video interviewing. But I think those are sort of like the big buckets in terms of these tools Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of value in using a point solution that is really, really good. Um, If a company goes deep on something, uh, they're going to have all these teeny tiny product issues ironed out that if it's just a module and it's product manager at some larger company running the video interview platform, um, they're not going to be as focused on the details. And they're also... I guess like I'm a big believer in, in sort of the economic incentives of things like they're just not economically incentivized to stress out over every little piece of the puzzle. And so something like Willow that that's sort of, you know, uh, really focused on by an entrepreneur, it's going to be just a better product. So I think there's a, there's a huge need and, and my understanding as well. And, and you can correct me is that, you know, there, it's not like you're buying this product and it's it sits on an island. It's it's actually integrated with probably the, the systems that you're already using, like your applicant tracking system. Absolutely. Ewan, coming back to you, and I suppose, again, that kind of problem question, you know, what problems are you seeing your customers, you know, solve, I suppose, you know, recruiting problems that they have solve with the system? And then I suppose to follow up from that, obviously, Lots of organizations are using video interviewing by default because they've been doing it since the pandemic and they've not changed it. Many of them will be using things like Zoom and Teams and other generic platforms. What's the case for using a specialist platform? Sure. I'll answer the first question first, which is uh, is why customers you know come to us and what problems are they solving? And I think that's a, that's a really interesting question. There's a couple of key ones there. Phil mentioned the first one a minute ago, which is time. So um, a lot of the customers that we work with, their TA departments are typically 
you know, under-resourced and time is, is super valuable to them. And if they're spending a lot of time doing, for example, telephone screening calls or they're scheduling in those telephone calls or they're scheduling in uh, Zoom or Teams calls and then they're having to conduct those, it's super time consuming. And just as you were talking, actually, I just ran some quick numbers last month just to kind of put this into perspective in terms of the time element. We saved 37,000 hours of time for our users, which if we just equate that to, to hourly salaries, that's like $900,000. Of, of salary saved and that's a huge time save biggest biggest reason for that is that obviously you're automating the scheduling because there is no scheduling candidates can do the interview whenever they like and then the other part of the puzzle is that obviously doing it asynchronously they're in charge of when they do the interview so they're actually going through the steps and and answering the questions in their own time and that combined with the scheduling is, is a huge amount of time if you think about traditional you know first stage interview you spend 10, 15 minutes scheduling, and then you spend half an hour actually on the call um, speaking to the candidate. And then you maybe have a 15 minute wrap up. So you're looking at an hour per candidate. Whereas if you jump into something like Willow, you're looking at an average of 10 minutes per interview. Um, if you look at the average number of, of questions and the amount of time that a candidate takes to answer. So 10 minutes versus an hour, it's a significant amount of time saved. But on the flip side, it's also a significant amount of time saved for the candidate. Um, because they are also having to be part of that one hour time. Um, and, and it's amazing to see the, the sort of, you know, the, the employer realizes at first, but then after a few months of using Willow, they realize, hey, the, get, the candidate feedback is really good here because candidates are telling us that they can do this, obviously, in their evening, in their own time. It doesn't take up a bunch of their time. They don't have to take time off work, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, so time is, is definitely the, the number one thing that we're talking about here for both the employer and the candidate, which is great. But then we delve into more, you know, deeper kind of meaningful stuff that, that we you know speak about every day, which is diversity and inclusion as a perfect example. So diversity and inclusion, when using something like an asynchronous video interviewing platform, allows you to really open up a wider net than, than you traditionally would be able to. If you're asking, for example, for candidates to um, send in a CV and then come into your office for a, a first stage interview, you're immediately excluding a number of of different you know groups of people whether it's minority groups or or just types of, of workers for example if you're a shift worker and you are invited to an interview um you know in the middle of your shift you might not be able to go to that interview and you just miss out on the opportunity because you need the money potentially from that shift or perhaps you live you know in the countryside and the interviews in a city again you're being discriminated against there because you might not be able to make it into the city and then we go into you know like different types of minority groups they may not have, for example, access to the same, um, you know, you know, education. So then that comes up on their CV or the resume and they're immediately, you know, screened out at that point. Whereas using something like video, that person can put themselves forward for who they really are and, and give you a more deep um, and meaningful conversation and, and understanding of, of who they are. So I think diversity, inclusion and, and opening up that wider net and casting that wider net is important. Um, you're also final point here for, for me before I, uh, before I talk for too long on this point, but I think neurodiversity is a really interesting piece as well. So when we look at the traditional interview, the traditional interview can be quite um, discriminating for people with you know, disabilities or new neurodiversity and, and learning issues um, or challenges. So for example, I'm a dyslexic person and so is my co-founder. Being dyslexic means that it's really quite challenging to write a CV or a cover letter. Um, and both of those documents are really structured 
and that's even more difficult for a dyslexic person because structure and organization is not a strong point. Um, so, you know, asking somebody to do a CV when they're dyslexic immediately puts them on the back foot and actually disadvantages them. Um, whereas using a tool like asynchronous video interviewing platform, you get to hear from me and, and who I really am rather than what my writing skills are like, which is not essential to most jobs anyway. Um, so that, that would probably be the, the kind of key benefits of time saving productivity obviously increases um, better candidate experience, which is what everyone wants and better diversity and inclusion um, just by casting a wider net and, and accepting um, people for who they really are rather than what they write on a piece of paper. You and this is sort of a random question, but and I, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but I'm sort of curious, like it seems intuitive that the uh, an interview would be a much better signal than a resume. And therefore, by utilizing that sort of technology, you'd have a better hiring outcome. And I don't know if like there's ever been a study done that shows that that is true or false. Good question. So I can uh, I can give an anonymous example. We have a client which I, I haven't got permission to share without asking them, but I can give you the example anyway. And it was quite a large um, employer in the UK and the employer and this is just one example. There is a few, but this is a really strong one, I think. They previously used an application and a resume um, as, as their, you know, their first stage of screening. And what they found doing that was that they always ended up with the same people. They always ended up with the same you know, applicants in the process, and they always limited the number. So they always ended up with like, I don't know, a specific cohort of person you know, between this age and this age, you know, white male potentially with a certain education and background. And they only ended up with a certain number of those people. They actually switched to using a video at the very start of the process. So they said, let's not ask for application forms to be filled in. Let's not ask for resumes. Let's ask all of these candidates just to complete three or four questions on video. We'll take it from there and we'll use that as the screening basis. And I think three of them reviewed each of the videos and, and had their own um, score, scoring metrics behind the scenes, but they were using the videos as, as the, the sort of, you know, the collection method for data rather than, rather than a resume. And what they found was that they actually, first of all, got a more diverse pool of applicants, but they also, for the first time ever, reduced their time to hire and they reduced their time to about hire by a third. So they, they, this was an organization, quite an old organization, been around for you know many, many, many years, and they did this every year, and they always had the same outcome, um, and it was you know the same people every year, and it took the same amount of time for time to hire, but they reduced their time to hire by a third, immediately by using this process, but they also, more importantly, opened up their pool of applicants to a much more diverse audience, which is amazing. That's a really interesting outcome. And I think it really speaks to what happens when you start to change the recruitment process, then you start to get these kind of different outcomes. Just to sort of return to the the second half of my question there about companies who, you know, are doing video interviewing, but may still be using Teams or Zoom or the, those kind of things. Now, you know, obviously, bar the obvious thing that <laughs> the Teams never works properly. Um, what's the, what do you say to companies like that to persuade them to move off Zoom and um, some of the other platforms that are on there? Uh, and Zoom, Zoom never works for me either. Um, I think the 
the key thing for, for those kind of conversations is that recruiters will burn themselves out if they sit on Zoom all day. It's a really tough job. If you're switching from you know doing face-to-face -face interviews pre-pandemic, you've then gone onto Zoom. If you continue doing Zoom for the rest of your career, you would burn yourself out. It's a tough, it's a tough old gig staring at a screen for hours on end talking to candidates. Um, we know, you know, it's, it's a difficult job anyways, you know, interviewing face to face, but put it on Zoom and it's even more difficult because there's a, there's a lot of, uh, of monotony of just sitting there in front of that screen in that same chair. So th there's a, there's a kind of, you know, burnout element, which we can address quite easily because we take away the, the monotony of sitting for li literally hours. You know, we have, we have customers that come to us and they'll, they have their, you know, their TA team will sit for seven, eight hours a day on Zoom speaking to candidates back to back and that is that's not going to be a successful future for that team um so one of the key things that we do is we obviously enable them to get away from that by allowing the candidates to record all of these shorter videos and, and by doing shorter structured videos so imagine you ask five questions candidate answers each of those questions all of the questions are are presented to the candidate in the same order so you can easily compare as well um, but more importantly it's much easier to consume that content because the questions have been presented to each candidate in the same way so they tend to answer them in a more concise way as well uh, so you can you can you know consume all that information much more quickly and easily but what's really cool about it as well is that you can actually do that in your own time so for example some of our customers will dedicate the morning so they'll maybe say from nine to you know 12 we'll just review our, our willow video interviews and then in the afternoon We'll have follow-ups and we'll have offers and we'll do uh, maybe face-to-face -face interviews or Zoom interviews. And it just allows them to really get a huge chunk of their day back to do those other things which you know, traditionally get pushed out into the evenings or the fringes of the day because they're spent, you know, they spent their entire day on, on Zoom. So I think time is a massive thing there and, and the monotony of, of sitting on Zoom calls all day is, is removed, which is, I think, one of the biggest benefits. Phil, what does the future look like? Right at the beginning, we talked about mailing people webcams and how things have, have changed over the last decade or so. What do you think the future of this space holds for us? It's a really good question. And I, I guess like the topic of the day is artificial intelligence, right? What's interesting about the AI applications in this space, I think maybe not obvious, but like it, it's clear that some sort of, you know, artificial intelligence can look at a transcript um, here differences in, in voices can look at differences in facial expressions and, and could learn effectively, you know, this person could be a good salesperson because blah, 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 or this person's answer to this question is not very good or, or really, really good. There's a company <laughs> in the video interview space that got in trouble for, for using AI um, a couple of years ago. There's new regulation actually coming out of New York state. And I think California is, is close behind them in terms of not allowing automated systems to vet candidates. Um, and, and I would imagine that there'll be more and more of these sorts of regulations. That said, you know, especially at, at a first cut, it feels like uh, that sort of technology is, is, is going to be like good enough um, really, really soon to help recruiters, um, you know, figure it out. And, and there'll, there'll be a sort of a cat and mouse, right? Where it's just like, if, if you Google for like ATS, the first thing that comes up is like, how to game ATSs with your resume you know, or something like that. Like how to like keyword stuff your resume so that some like 
resonating parsing software puts you at the top of the pile. Um, they'll, they'll probably be, you know, voice coaches or whatever, you know, the signals are for these, for these platforms. Um, but I think that something like that is, is probably like a, a pretty good first cut. I, I think another, you know, area of interest for me is other types of assessments. So can you layer, you know, video combined with short answers, multiple choice, maybe technical assessments, et cetera. Um, and then of course, integrating that into the rest of your tech stack. So integrating it with your sourcing, with your applicant tracking, um, I think is is pretty important as well. So that's sort of what I think about when I think about the future. And I'm actually really curious to hear your guys' take on on this AI stuff and, and the future in general, but also how that sort of technology is going to play a role. I'm just wondering whether people will be submitting deep fake <laughs> AI videos. <of laughs> this thing. What, do you, what do you think, Ian? What do you think the future holds for us in this space? So we actually just, uh, we're just working on, a, on a, an update at the moment, which will stop candidates from inputting chat GPT answers into Willow. Because uh, we, we accept text answers. So we do t- text, audio, video. And, uh, and text answers will, will soon, you won't be able to paste in your chat GPT answers, which will be amazing. I'll co- I'll cover that in another call. Uh, it's quite it's quite cool though, but yeah, we're we're going to be able to stop that, which would be good. Uh, in terms of the in terms of the the AI piece that that Phil mentioned there, we because of our friends that uh, that were in a legal case made that conscious decision back in in 2019 not to do any screening or any decision making with AI around the candidate, and I think that is that is our stance still, and it'll be our stance in the future as well. What what we're trying to do here is is connect you know good people with good people, and I think there's there's a huge amount of of time saving already being done just with the process of asynchronous that we don't need to reduce the time even further. We just need to put you know candidates in front of recruiters and and help them make decisions um, as quickly as possible. So there's there's not a place for for AI and Willow when it comes to candidate screening and decision making. But there is a place for AI in the um, communication with candidates. So, for example, one of the biggest challenges, and it's been a challenge forever, is candidates don't get feedback when they interview. And that's typically bugbear number one from candidates is I never heard back. One of the pieces which we're trying to solve um, in the next few months is how you can um, help recruiters get back to the candidates through AI. So we actually will construct a response for the for the recruiter, which they can obviously add their own personal feedback into, and then it will automatically get sent out to the candidate, so that every candidate is getting feedback. And um, because that's you know one of the biggest challenges that we we hear from recruiters is, hey, I would love to get back to all these candidates, particularly the ones that you know didn't pass this round, but they could in future, but I just don't have the time. And um, so you know, being able to give them some time back and actually building um, and composing responses to candidates um, on you know both the accept and the reject side is uh, is definitely somewhere which AI will play a part in in Willow in the next few months which would be really cool and we'll build that out over over a number of years but the the kind of first iteration is let's start building out these suggested responses which I think will really close a big gap which has been around for too long um, which is, is particularly in the, in the rejection space when they're not getting back feedback as a final question to both of you, one of the the themes that's kind of run through this this whole conversation, and actually not just this whole conversation, loads of podcast interviews that I've done in the last few years, is just how inadequate resumes 
CVs, depending on which part of the world you're in, really are. And I think we'd struggle to find anyone to come on and stand up for them as, you know, an absolutely brilliant way to do recruiting, but everyone still uses them. Do we think that we dare speak of the death of the resume now? Do you think that, you know, with, with video, with AI, with everything that's going on, we're finally moving to, to a higher form of recruiting? Phil, you can take this one first. I think the momentum is too strong. I, I, I would love to make some big, bold prediction about the future, but realistically, it's just like the way things have been done for so long. There probably will be some startup that figures out, you know, like LinkedIn is essentially your resume on on the internet, right? But I, I think there'll be some sort of like, you know, pie metrics, sort of like crazy, like assessment thing that like is like extremely easy for people to do, but like super deep and insightful that becomes like perhaps a, a new CV for you. Um, and, and I mean, I, one of the ideas here is like a portable track record from other jobs where maybe, you know, you're able to export like your feedback and stuff from like one of these OKR systems, performance management. Um, I think there's, there's actually like a lot of ways you could attack this problem. And I'm sure there are dozens of startups trying to do it right now. But I think at the end of the day, it's just like, it's like good enough. And then it's being augmented in really amazing ways by technologies like Willow. And so um, if you wanted to make a bet in like five years, you know, are we going to see the death of the resume? I would definitely say no. It's a no from you, but obviously augmented and changed. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You and what's your view? It's similar to Phil. So oh, I wanted someone to come out and uh, you know declare it dead. But no, carry on. You yeah. know what? I think I think the really the really difficult part is that it's it's both the employer and the candidate expect to use the CV in the hiring process, and it's a significant shift to get away from that. There's just an expectation. If you're looking for a job, the first thing you do is you type up your CV or resume, and then you go online and you find some jobs and you start sending that resume and that pdf out and then you know employers read it and then they get back to you with some more questions and it's just it's just the norm it is it's expected on both sides of the fence uh, and even you know some of our best employers or best customers um their employers and they've switched to you know no resume no cv just video but they still have candidates wanting to send them a cv or a resume because that's just the way it is and yeah, you're always going to have that. I think for at least the next 10 years, you're going to have at least one side of the party will be wanting a CV or a resume to exist in the process. And it's only the most forward thinking organizations that will actually be able to, to remove it completely from their process. I think, uh, you know, a lot of startups are doing that. You know, for example, Willow doesn't, we don't accept uh, resumes when we're hiring. We just go straight to, you know, click on the apply now button on LinkedIn and you'll come through to, to a video interview. And I think that's uh, that's probably what we're going to see first. It will be a slow evolution through the more forward-thinking businesses, and you know we're we're working on that every day with our own customers to try and help them change the processes. But there's still a large number of our customers who have the the CV at the very start of the process. That's the that's the currency that they're accepting, and then they go into a Willow interview after that, and and then augment this the resume or the CV with the videos, and that's uh, that's kind of. Yeah, to echo Phil's point, how it will probably look for, for a number of years. I'm going to call that disappointing, but probably realistic yeah. <laughs> in terms of, in terms of your replies <laughs> there. So that I'm reluctantly inclined to agree. Ewan, 
Phil, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. My thanks to Phil and Ewan. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.